What's going on? And welcome into a very special edition of the Pelicans podcast presented by SeatGeek. I'm Daniel Salerson. Hope everyone is staying safe out there. Hope everyone is practicing social distancing. And hopefully you'll be able to spend some time with some loved ones and spend some time at home and enjoy all the things you like to do, including listening to podcasts. Here's what we're going to do for the next at least week or so, potentially even more, is we want to play you some of our best podcasts from not only this season, but for the last seven seasons when it was also known as the Black and Blue Report. We've had a ton of tremendous guests on the show, and we wanted to highlight some of those throughout this time while we're all waiting here on the coronavirus. So we wanted to start off today with a very special guest, and that was Ernie Johnson. That happened on MLK Day this year as the Pelicans were getting ready to take on the Memphis Grizzlies. We all know what happened that day as the Pelicans had a big win in Memphis. But Ernie Johnson, of course, does a lot of things for Turner Sports. He's celebrating 30 years with the company as he has covered MLB. He has covered the NCAA tournament. He's covered golf and, of course, host Inside the NBA with Kenny Smith, Charles Barkley, and Shaquille O'Neal. He was gracious enough to join us for about 20 minutes to talk about his career and um, what it's been like to play a meaningful part in Inside the NBA and, of course, the coverage of the NBA playoffs and the NBA regular season on Turner Sports. So without further ado, here's my conversation with Ernie Johnson. As we mentioned, we got a really special guest today on MLK Day as uh, the Pelicans get set to take on the Memphis Grizzlies later on today. It'll be on TNT, which is where you'll find Ernie Johnson, of course, sportscaster, NBA, MLB, March Madness, PGA Championship. He's also an author of Unscripted. And, of course, Inside the NBA on TNT is one of our favorite shows. Ernie, I really appreciate the time. How are you today? Daniel, if I were doing any better, I'd be jealous of myself. <laughs> That's a great answer. I don't think I've heard that before. That's fantastic. You know, I, I swiped that from somebody, so you can feel free to use it at, uh, at your leisure. I, I definitely will. I appreciate it, Ernie. <laughs> uh, before we get into the basketball talk, look, I remember watching a video um, a couple months ago of uh, your Turner family surprising you after being with uh, them for 30 plus years. And just it's, I growing up in Georgia, you know, I've been a big fan of you for a long time. Uh, but just it seems like you just have so much fun every day, whether it's uh, with March Madness coverage, MLB coverage, and especially your inside the NBA coverage uh, with Charles, Kenny, and Shaq. Um, can you just talk a little bit about your journey throughout Turner, what it means to be a part of such a great organization for 30-plus years? Yeah, I mean, it was uh, it was really nice of them because I you know, I started in July of 1989 um, at Turner after working uh, local TV in Macon, Georgia, and Spartanburg, South Carolina, and seven years in Atlanta, and uh, look, guys, I never would have thought when I signed that first contract in 89 that 30 years later I'd still be walking the halls at Turner. I mean, uh, you have no way of knowing if, you know, the kind of longevity you might have. Uh, so for them to surprise me that day as I arrived for work was, was really awesome. And Jeff Foxworth is a good friend of mine. They had him right in the middle of it. and My whole family was there. So it was special. And, and, What's really special, guys, and, and I think I'm probably preaching to the choir on this. When we do this for a living, it's not like really working. I mean, you're doing what you love to do. And so, you know, that's three quarters of the battle right there. Um, I remember a few years ago, I, you know, I'm a proud graduate of the University of Georgia, and I was asked to deliver the commencement address and 
2017 at Sanford Stadium, and I told those graduates, I said, look, have a job, land somewhere that it's a job you get to do, not a job you got to do. Mm. Because too many too many folks are driving to work in these got-to-do-it jobs and, and, you know, can't crack a smile, and it's real like, oh, man, here goes another day. And I have one of these get-to jobs where I know when I go to work, especially on the NBA, that I'm going to laugh. Before the day's over, I'm going to be laughing my butt off about something. And that's always good to be to, to be able to do when you're at your place of employment. So we've had you know, we've had 30 years of that on that inside the NBA show. That's a very long answer. I apologize for it. <laughs> no, that was a great answer. And uh, Jim has a follow-up to that as far as your, your time with the inside the NBA. Yeah, you, you know, Ernie, you mentioned, you know, how much fun you have and how, how big of a part of that that is for you in the enjoyment of the job. What, what's your reaction when you hear people say, you know, there there are so many other networks that have studio shows. What's your reaction when people say that what you guys have done with Inside the NBA is kind of the model for what people are trying to a- achieve as far as studio shows on the air? You know, Jim, it's, it's very flattering to hear that. And, um, and uh, you know, we somehow hit on this combination that, that works this combination of uh, me and Kenny and Chuck and Shaq. And listen, there's no way anybody, no matter how much TV savvy they have, nobody knows what's going to work chemistry-wise when you put people together. A lot of folks look at things and say, well, this guy would be great with this guy, and this guy was like this as a player, and he'll be great. Look, we just kind of, we kind of lucked out. I mean, Kenny and I were together first. We brought Charles along, and, and Charles, thankfully, was the same guy on TV that he was in the NBA when he was a player. And that's a guy who was never shy about expressing his opinion, didn't care if you agreed with him or not. And when the red light went on, it wasn't like he had to change his persona. This is exactly who he is. And I think we've had that same thing with everybody on that show. I mean, Shaq's the world's biggest kid great heart and and just loves to have a good time with us kenny is you know the new york street smart guy who's you know with a couple of championship rings and has has never been at a loss for words and and chuck is chuck you know and i'm the guy getting us from point a to point b to point c and and uh, as one guy said he described my job as i'm the dad driving cross country who looks in the back seat at the kids and says one more word out of you and i'm turning this car around so for some reason it all works and i think i think we all know our roles and nobody tries to be the show and i think that's why it's worked yeah no doubt it's a great balance of informative and entertaining at the same time and you do a great job of of keeping the kids in check there in the back of the car that's for sure um, Ernie, let's talk about um, the game between the Pelicans and the Grizzlies. But I want to start with Zion. I know we're a game shy of his debut, and I know you all were probably clamoring for it to be on Monday or today for uh, the showdown with the Grizzlies. But you were able to uh, cover Zion as far as your coverage of March Madness last year. And I know we haven't seen a ton of him this year just besides preseason and some summer league. But at what point when you were watching him last year, year, did you feel like this could be a special kid and have a bright future in the NBA? No, anybody who watched him and just, you know, with his build and with his ability to get to the rim is just like, he just gets to where he wants to go. And basically everybody on the other side knows that and they know where he wants to get. 
And then there, as we saw in the preseason, you know, doing it in college is one thing, but, you know, doing it in the preseason of the NBA, that was very impressive. I mean, this guy was getting wherever he wanted to go. So I think I hold on one sec. I've got my granddaughters who are walking around with me no uh, or actually walked, just walked into my office as a matter of fact. <laughs> but I, um, I think when we saw him play um, in college, he was, he could dominate. And I think when we saw him in the, in the preseason, he was doing very much the same thing. Um, and that's why it was so disappointing coming off that preseason to not have him uh, available as the season started. So, uh, I can't wait to I can't wait to see him. I know he can't wait to get in there. And I just my only question is I mean is is David Griffin not getting our texts and our emails? <laughs> I mean the guy used to work at NBA TV. You would think he would throw us a bone and say, look, on a day this big in the NBA, when only two teams have the day off, and we've got national a national game that uh, that maybe he would have seen it our way. But uh, you know he's. He's doing exactly what he's supposed to do as the general manager of that team and as the medical staff on that team are looking at Zion. And, and uh, you know, we'll be patient. We've waited this long, so uh, it's finally good to see that it's going to be this week at least. Yeah, no doubt about that. Another guy that's been uh, really showing up for the Pelicans, and we saw it on Thursday night against the Utah Jazz, is Brandon Ingram. And, of course, he was with the Lakers for three seasons and uh, became a Pelican in the Anthony Davis trade, but it just seems like he's getting a lot of well-deserved attention just based on how well he played. He put up 49 points against the Jazz. When you've been uh, watching him throughout the season and been talking about the Pelicans on your show, um, what sticks out about Brandon Ingram and kind of his his uh, launch here with the Pelicans? No, I think, you know what, I think the um, he has been a huge beneficiary of, of uh, if, if there's, and I'm not saying this is silver lining or anything like that, but with Zion out, it has given an opportunity to, to Brandon Ingram to really shine. Uh, and I think, um, I think it's been, you know, and I think even going into the season, you know, when you move from one place to another, I think even going into the season with all the attention on Zion, it took, it took some, uh, some focus off of Brandon as he made the transition. And then he's, I mean, look, I, I, I when it comes time for all stars, you've got to think about him. You really do. And I don't know if I don't know if he's going to have the support in that Western Conference to get in there. But but when you're putting up the kind of numbers he is, if 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 the Pelicans' record was a little bit better, or if they were in the East where they'd be you know nipping at a playoff spot right now, um, he would get some serious consideration. You know, Ernie, we've talked about. Uh, two of the biggest New Orleans offseason acquisitions and Zion Williamson, number one pick in the draft, and Brandon Ingram obviously was a big part of the trade with the Lakers. But what I wanted to ask you about was another extremely important offseason addition that's close to you in Turner, and that was the Pelicans adding Chico Robinson as a, in, in security. Uh, how big of a, of a pickup do you think that was for the Pelicans this summer? Look, this was a very under the radar move. I think you have to you have to be one of those guys with seriously with your ear to the ground in NBA circles uh, to be familiar uh, with with the goings on and and having known Chico for ages and ages uh, in his Turner days, um, I was very happy to see uh, him get this opportunity. I was a little dismayed 
to continue to see video of Chico every time we saw video of Zion walking into arenas, walking out of arenas, going to the bathroom, eating a tuna melt, whatever, whatever Zion was doing, there was Chico lurking. Uh, and, and I think what's, what's really been tough about this since he's on 24 hour a day Zion duty, his golf game, which is already close to as brutal as Charles Barkley. Oh, wow. I, I know that it has suffered. I know that it has suffered. But look, we, I, I wish the best to Chico. It, he is such a good man, and, and you guys are lucky to have him over there in, the, in New Orleans. Yeah, this is definitely, you know, like you said, kind of behind the scenes, a very in-depth NBA analysis. Uh, one thing I was wondering, yeah. wondering too, was uh, I've noticed, I know a lot of it is exactly what you just mentioned as far as him being on Zion Watch, but it's funny to me for people who – watch a lot of NBA TV and, and TNT like I do throughout every season, how often he gets referenced during the broadcast. So I don't know if that's something that, that sure. you've noticed, but th- there's been so many times this year where I've been watching a studio show and somebody will say, hey, there's Chico in the background. So for the people that don't yeah. know a lot about him, this is kind of the, the insight that you're looking for as far as finding no, out what, what this is about. Guys, this is what it is. I mean, that's you know, you, you you look for the inside story. That's inside, inside, inside information that that people probably don't even want to hear. But he, but when he was a Turner, I mean, his name came up a, a dozen times a season, and sometimes we'd show him standing around, or we, you know, you know, we we played that auto trader game, this uh, you know, this fantasy game going into the All-Stars and into the playoffs, and Shaq would never make his own picks. His GM was Chico. <laughs> and so he was, he was always getting that kind of pub, too. So, uh, no, he's, I think Chico Robinson and Joe Underhill, a.k.a. Underdog, our researcher, um, have, you know, we, they owe so much to the four of us uh, for making them almost household names, <laughs> where... Where you know we, I'm trying to think of who it was the other day. We had somebody come into the studio uh, as a guest, and, and I was like, and uh, uh, he said, well, "Where's Underdog?" And I said, "You got to be kidding me! <laughs> You're asking where Underdog is." And, it's, and so yeah, it's it's and that's that's what makes the show fun because we do take these you know these guys who are very important in their own roles to the show and kind of make them you know part of the part of the thing. So they're not. They're not totally fraternity brothers. They haven't learned the secret handshake or any of that, but they, but they still but they still get the recognition from us. Well, Chico and the Pelicans are taking on the Grizzlies tonight uh, at the FedEx Forum, Ernie. And so I do want to ask you about the game tonight as far as what sticks out to you. These are two teams that are on the uptick, and uh, you know the Grizzlies are holding on to that eighth spot right now after they've uh, been on a winning streak, and the Pelicans have won um, 10 out of their last 14 as we tape this podcast. Um, what sticks out to you about this very intriguing game between these two Southwest Division rivals? No, I mean they are on the uptick, and I mean you you talk about a guy that you can't wait to see. I mean certainly we want to see Zion, but John Morant. I mean this, you know what this would be really be fun if uh, if, <laughs> if Zion were to make his debut with, uh, on the floor with John Morant because uh, this guy's been all that and and. Uh, and I think people around the league are, are quickly seeing that um, the next the, the the rookie of the year this year is going to be this Memphis kid. So um, 
No, they've, they've got some interesting pieces. I think Jaron Jackson's good. Valanciunas has given us some pretty good minutes, and, 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 they're, and they're playing winning basketball. So uh, this is going to be one of those things where, um, you know, you look at the West, and everybody knows about the Lakers and the Clips and the Nuggets and, and I guess Utah and Houston. But, you know, Dallas has been uh, a pleasant surprise. Oklahoma City has surprised folks with the way they played. And then there's going to be a fight for that final playoff spot. because uh, and, and, and New Orleans is in that. But you're really going to have to play well because you're going to have to contend with the likes of San Antonio and Portland and, and, and uh, Memphis, who, you know, currently, as I look at the standings as we, as we talk, you know, got that final spot. So it's a big game. I mean, this is one of those things where, you you know, you look back and say, yeah, it was a, you know, the MLK day when we went into their gym and beat them and then we knocked another game off that deficit, you know, who knows? Because you're halfway through the season right now, and before you know it, we're going to be saying, oh, these games are really important down the stretch. I think you're so right as far as, you know, from a short-term perspective right now that, that this is a really important game for New Orleans. Um in the position they're in, they don't have a ton of margin for error, even though there's a good amount of games left in the season, especially these head-to-head games against Memphis in the spot that the Grizzlies are. It's very crucial. But also from from kind of a kind of a longer-term standpoint, I mean, you you think that this could be the Grizzlies and the Pelicans really has the makings of something that could be a really fun kind of rivalry over you know in the future down the road with with, with those two players and. Just the, these two cities are, are, I think, are kind of similar. They're both smaller markets in the same division. I mean, do you think that this could be something that people really watch for a long time going forward? Yeah, I mean, it's impossible to say that right now, and a, and a lot of that would have to do with how long, you know, if these guys stick around. You know, if Zion is a longtime Pelican, if John Morant's a longtime member of the Memphis Grizzlies, I mean, then then sometimes like that geographical proximity and and quality of play or quality of players can make that can make that happen, but you can't rush stuff like that. And, sure. and until and until they're in a position where one of them's in a you know seriously going to contend uh, in the conference, then you know it's going to be kind of a lower level kind of a rivalry. But I think I think the makings of it are there, and um, and I just you know I just always hope that when I see you know really top drawer talent enter the league. I always kind of like the team that drafted them to hold on to them and let them build a future there so that it's not, you know, boy, I hope we can hold on. And as soon as he gets uh, a chance to be free, he's out, he's out the door. Hopefully they, the play is, uh, you know, the teams play well enough and, and there's a, you know, they build around them enough that that's where they want to call home. Ernie, before I let you go, I do have to ask you about your new podcast with Chuck called The Steam Room, and I just want to make sure yeah. that it is not recorded in a steam room, just you two in there. Just want to clarify. But for those that don't know about the podcast, what can they expect from this new podcast of yours? Well, there, there's, there are no mentions of Chico Robinson on the, in the steam room. <laughs> that should help ratings. But Yeah, but here, you know what? Here's the deal. It, we call it the steam room because Charles got one of those loci bracelets from a guy in a steam room once. You know those loci <laughs> yep. bracelets that have the, you know, the, the the clear or the white thing, and then the it's, it's like stay hopeful and stay humble and that kind of thing. Right. So, uh, so apparently Chuck was taking a steam, and some stranger was in there wearing this loci bracelet, and Chuck said, "Hey, I like the bracelet." And then when Chuck went to leave, 
he looked at his locker and there was the low tie bracelet <laughs> that this guy had given him. So that's why we call it the steam room. And um, and so Chuck and I, it, it's really, you know, what I really like about it, guys, is we're not talking NBA. We really aren't. It's like it's like we we can talk about whatever we want, and we've been having guests on there too. I mean, a couple of weeks ago, we had Chris Fowler on to talk about the national championship game coming up. Uh, we had Jake Tapper from CNN to talk about the state of the world. We had Jimmy Rollins on yesterday to talk about the mess Major League Baseball is in. Uh, and in addition to that, it's just like Chuck's opportunity to vent about what's going on in the world. And then Tim Kiley, our producer, is is a, a guy who started up in local news just like I did. And so he, he comes on with his two or three favorite off-the-wall local news stories from the week. And then we have something called Chuck's Answering Machine. We, we put a number out there and folks can call it and just leave a message. And, and um, it's just been fun. I mean, it, I, I've enjoyed it so much. And we, you know, we, we shoot it on a Thursday and, and, and stay in there for an hour just talking. And, uh, and then we have a wonderful team that puts everything together. So it, the Steam Room is available wherever you download and subscribe to your podcast. Uh, thank you for allowing me to throw that promo in there, and um, and uh, we look forward to uh, to the folks joining the ranks of the steamers, as they are called now. Steamers are folks who subscribe to our part our podcast. Well, I'm going to make sure I subscribe to it. That's fantastic. Uh, good stuff there from you, Ernie. And make sure again the steam room. It's new podcast with Ernie and Chuck. And also a reminder that tonight, Pelicans and Grizzlies, 4 p.m. Central Time on TNT, and of course inside the NBA, we'll have you. Have your coverage. This is a doubleheader that night. Lakers take on the Celtics um, tonight on MLK Day. Ernie, this was such a fun time. I really appreciate you taking the time to come on, and we look forward to having you on in the future. Fellas, I appreciate it very much. And it's yeah, it's going to be a long night because we actually got three games. We also have Golden State at Portland to wrap up the night. But look, if you are finding the Warriors a little difficult to watch. Uh, I, I can understand that, and so you can go to bed if you got to be at work early on Tuesday. But um, it, you know the Warriors are, are struggling uh, somewhat, and uh, so are the Blazers. So if you choose not to watch that, um, I'll cut you a little slack. We appreciate it. We, we'll take all the slack we can get. <laughs> Thank you so much, Ernie. <laughs> Daniel and Jim, thanks, guys. I appreciate you. Right. Thanks, Ernie. And again, stick with us throughout the next couple of weeks. We're going to continue to have some of the best of podcasts posted on pelicans.com, the mobile app. You can download them as well on iTunes. Also, if you missed any and want to go back, you can certainly do so on those proper channels. And hopefully we have some fresh podcasts with you in the next couple of weeks while we pass the time. And again, hope everyone is staying safe. Practice that social distancing. And uh, we hope that we can at least alleviate some of your day. Uh, with some of these podcasts. Until our next one, I'm Daniel Salerson. Thanks for listening to the Pelicans podcast presented by SeatGeek.